I'm about to cry tears of joy. I won $20,000 from a lotto scratcher. Amen, amen, in the name of Jesus. $20,000 divine transfer. She feels like weeping tears of joy, 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 joy. $20,000 or $100,000 or a million. New Jersey seems to be the place to be right now for miracles. New Jersey. 20,000 or 100,000 or a million. 17,000 or 27,000 in between there. This is miracle money. Miracles are happening for others, and now it's your turn. We got a Tupperware full of money. Money. Tupperware full of money. Joy. Tupperware full of money. 20,000 or 100,000 or a million. Miracle spring water. Supernatural debt cancellation. Supernatural money in their bank accounts. Tupperware full of money. 20,000 or 100,000 or a million. 17,000 or 27,000 in between there. What? Well, I don't know how. I really don't. I want to. Well, I don't know if I do either. Well, I pulled up a YouTube clip. Oh no! I can't wait until we had a more until we have a more sophisticated production method because I would love to be able to like just pull things in. Mm-hmm. Have our thou? I mean, my phone is ringing off the hook right now, and I can't take any of the calls. Oh no! Um, because we can't loop them in, you know, we can't patch them in. We can't right. give advice. We can't do any of the things that people are actually here for. So time to quit. It is time to quit. But first I'm, I pulled up a video. I want to do a little, uh, I want to do a little performance because I watched network. You know, this, I watched mm. the movie network. A yeah. lot of people have seen this movie. And, um, the premise of the movie is, uh, basically this, this aging kind of on the way out, news anchor gets fired and goes on air and says, I've been fired because of ratings. And next week I am going to shoot myself on TV, live TV. Right. And what happens is that the ratings obviously spike because of that. And, and basically it turns into this bizarre sort of cancer almost that just rips through this, this agency. A lot of people have seen it, um, seen the movie, but Later, I want to do a little. I want to. I want to. I want to read read one of the monologues from the movie that I just think is so fun. It's so good. But in the meantime, a little teaser. Yeah, a little TT. I was pulling up a video of that scene because I just wanted to watch it again. This is the famous "I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore." Right? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. So Howard Beale, who kind of turns into what they call the Mad Prophet, his monologues are absolutely incredible. But um, I, I was telling Kelly, I kind of want to become a mad prophet one day. Uh-oh. But anyway, he's basically just denouncing, you know, he's yelling at the audience. He's like, you know, just telling the people sitting in the room because they basically turn this guy into a reality show. The thing about this movie is that it's it's basically about how, you know, that there's this old guy and this young guy. And the monologue that I want to do is a conversation between Max and Diana. Max is the old news guy. Diane is kind of this young hotshot who comes in and she works in, in development, meaning she develops scripted stuff. Um, but she comes in and starts meddling with news and starts basically um, creating wreaking havoc because she doesn't understand the difference between news and fiction effectively, mm. which sounds a lot like what's going on now because most people get their news from commentators not um, people giving actual news. You're saying fake news. Well, not just fake news, but like most news, quote unquote, is just people sitting around talking about their opinions. There's very little news news being produced on TV. Where do you get your news from? I don't read a ton of news, but the news I do get um, is kind of a combination of various sources. Primarily, um, I listen to a lot of NPR because I mostly trust them. 
more so than a lot of other groups. And again, I don't listen to that much of the commentary. I just kind of, I like the headlines and then I end up listening to NPR One where they're just kind of do like features on stuff. NPR One is a great app. This episode brought to you uh, by NPR One. You're going to get us food. NPR One. NPR One is basically like Pandora for, for NPR. It just kind of learns what you like and it feeds you things. And it's like listening to the radio radio because you don't have to queue up a bunch of segments. It just kind of keeps cycling through that day's stuff. And suppose it pulls up old stuff. I glance at Fox News every once in a while just Uh-oh. to make sure I'm not missing anything uh, that, you know, the New York Times won't talk about. Oh. Um, I read the Washington Post sometimes. I don't know. You know, I'm pretty liberal, so I, I don't. Fox News sounds like it. Yeah, exactly. I just like to read Fox News to make sure that I'm not getting pr- too heavily propagandized. I don't know. Why, why do I try to use big words? I don't know how to use them. I think you nailed it. Um, have you noticed that YouTube is censoring the videos that they put up? Or is like, Whoa. is sort of censoring what you see? Like, for, for instance. How does that work? <clears throat> well, I heard some guys talking about it on a podcast. As a for instance. I heard some guys talking about it on a podcast, and I was like, bullshit. So I went, mm. do a search on... Um, So back in the day, five years ago, if you did a search for 9-11, half of the videos recommended to you, more than half, would be conspiracy theory videos. Mm. They would be telling you, like, no planes hit the World Trade Center, or, like, it was a drone, or whatever, (laughs) or controlled demolition. Like, if you search for 9-11, just 9-11, five years ago, easily half of the results that you got would be conspiracy theory stuff. And now, if you do that same search, there are zero conspiracy things offered to you. In fact, if you Mm. do like a YouTube search for WTC7, World Trade Center 7, which also collapsed on 9-11. Right. That's the most famous kind of. That's the controversial one, right? And I'm not promulgating any of these theories. I'm just aware of them, right? Yeah, sure. I don't have a dog in this fight. Sure you're not. (laughs) I don't have a dog in this fight. But you don't have a dog in the fight except for like with Raytheon or some company that probably somehow benefited from the whole thing, whether they were behind it or right. not. Have you? Well, I'll, just kidding. I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, if you do a search for <laughs> WTC seven now, it's the same thing. It's like there is zero conspiracy stuff hmm. and it's all how it how it could have gone down. Models hmm. that show why the WTC seven was the only building ever to collapse from a fire. It's suspicious. I mean, I'm not, Mm. it's not that I want those results, but I I got this super creepy feeling that the information that you're, that you ingest, if it's filtered by some third party, especially today with the internet where like people aren't going, you're not talking to people. You're just Mm. looking at videos online. You're looking at news stories online. I'm not going to Iran to see if they have you know, if they planted a mine on that tanker, like I, I have no capabilities for that. So you have to just listen to people. It's very secondhand. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's always been, well, that that's way. why, they, you know, that's why all these people are like, is the world flat? I haven't seen it from space. Right. I'm like, we've got more important things to argue about, but I do hear you. I hear you. Well, that, well you know, I think it is, could... is nuts, but it, 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 I think it goes back to like a Cartesian, you know, question everything, which is definitely a mindset that I have like a flat earth. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But there is no, there's nothing wrong with guys going out there and saying, hey, I think, I think what we've been told is not true and investigating. Mm-hmm. And if people immediately shut down that investigation, no matter how harebrained or stupid it is, even the flat earth, like let those guys go nuts. Who cares mm-hmm. how that doesn't affect anybody? I mean, if people are misled by it, that is unfortunate, I guess. Well, that's also kind of their fault. And, right. and the alternative, the alternative has to be better than mm-hmm. that. You know, I think, though, John, this brings up another. Well, let's really quick take a break. I'm kind of tired of talking about rollers for a minute. Um, What's rollers? I think. Oh, exactly. The movie, the movie. We may get back to it. I did really quick. We'll tease the we'll we'll, I think at some point we'll talk about it. A real update. I did recut the movie completely last night. Uh I (laughs) I blew up the entire second half of the movie and put it back together in a completely different way. And I like it, but I don't really feel like talking about it right now because I want to keep talking about this. I um so I think everyone should watch Network. Please, it's on Netflix. It's two hours long. It's kind of one of those life changing movies. 
Um, it's dark. Well, that's how my my nine eleven thing relates to network in the sense that network is dealing with television, but it's showing mm-hmm. you these people get it's Im- very prophetic. They get immediately amped up when he offers to kill himself on live TV. It really exposes, yep. and that doesn't seem far fetched, man. I mean. Oh my gosh, no. Certainly not. Another great one that people should watch in conjunction with Network is one of my favorite movies, Videodrome. Have you ever seen that? No, but you know what? It's on my list. It's I've been meaning to watch it a long time. It's kind of similar, but it's um David Cronenberg, so it's it's way crazier, but it's very similar themes. You know, it's about television. It's a, mm-hmm. lo- a lot of Marshall McLuhan, who was a Canadian um media writer who talked a, a lot about how people consume media. And mm-hmm. he was considered a pro- he was considered a prophet. In fact, I think in a lot of ways those characters were loosely based off of him. There's a character in mm-hmm. Videodrome who is this prophetic and it's very religious and explicit figure, and it's supposedly modeled after Marshall McLuhan. Interesting. Who famously said, "What's his famous quote? The medium is the message." Yeah, part of what's so crazy about Network is it was made in 1976. Mm. It really is prophetic in the sense that. One of the one of the main characters is this character Diana. She comes in, she starts kind of blurring the lines between reality and fiction, which again has only continued. We've got reality shows. I know people who cast for reality shows, and Woof. it's a. Sh- I know people that have shot on them. It's a shit show, dude. It's all fake. There are a couple that are still kind of sort of real because there's actual games at the center of it, like Survivor and stuff like that. But all these other ones, I mean, they're totally produced. They they feed them all the lines. And you can tell because these people aren't good actors. They've gotten worse, you know. Right. Anyway, they're horrible. But there's that. There's news. And also, I think, you know, I'm not really interested in taking that much of a, a shit on, you know, things like Vice. But there are times, you know, you go to Vice. Not that I go there that often because I think a lot of it is a waste of time. But they do this, they, you know, it'll be like, oh, we're, you know, they've been some great parodies of it too, but it's like, oh, we're going to go like hang out with this drug lord in, in Columbia mm-hmm. and like we're going to like smoke weed with him and like talk to him about what he does. And I'm like, how is that helping anybody? But it's funny, dude, because I don't think, I'm like, does any of these dumb dums making those videos for Vice, have they ever seen net, uh, Network? Because they, it seems like they're just trying to play out these absurd right. visions of the future that Patty Chayefsky and Sidney Lumet and all these other people involved with network were basically saying, because what ends up happening is Diana, I'm, I, you know, I'm giving some things away, but she kind of gets roped up with this, uh, what's it called? The ecumenical liberation <laughs> army. And she like feeds them money through these different back channels to fund, basically fund terrorist operations mm-hmm. so that they can then film them so that they can then make a special of the week about it. And I'm like, how is this any different than all the shit that's going on right now? It's bonkers. And she's creating chaos. Anyway, okay. I'm going to I want to I want to read you this um I'm going to perform it a little bit because I I want to do uh, and if it's bad, John, just cut it out and put in the real one. But this older character Max, he's the one sane guy in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He he is romantically involved with this young woman Diana and he's going to leave her. And He's he walks out of the show, he's gonna leave and she says, I don't want your pain and I don't want your menopausal decay and death. I don't need you, Max. Oof. And then he says, You need me badly. I'm your last contact with human reality. I love you, and that painful decaying menopausal love is the only thing between you and the shrieking nothingness you live the rest of the day. Which is already just ouch. like ouch. And then she says, Then don't leave me. And he says, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do my best Max impression. Uh oh, it's too late, Diana. This is already so melodramatic. <laughs> There's nothing left in you that can live with that I can live with. You're one of Howard's humanoids, and if I stay with you, I'll be destroyed. Like Howard Beale was destroyed. Like Laureen Hobbs was destroyed. Like everything you and the institution of television touch is destroyed. You are television incarnate, Diana. Indifferent to suffering, insensitive to joy, all of life is reduced to the common rubble of banality. War, murder, death are all the same to you as bottles of beer. The daily business of life is a corrupt comedy. You even shatter the sensations of time and space into split seconds and instant replays. You are madness, Diana. Virulent madness. And everything you touch dies with you. Well, not me. Not while I can still feel pleasure 
and pain and love. And then he walks out. Whew. But like you are madness. Oh, dude, it just, I know, oh, I know so many people like this. And it, you see it a lot on the internet too, but man, it's just like. Yeah, you want to introduce this, this guy to Logan dude. Paul or something, you know. It's yeah, gotten dude, way this worse. shit is just not working. It's not, <laughs> it's not sustainable, you know. It's everyone, because dude, part of what's so interesting is there's this, they, they show all these characters just selling out. Mm. You know, like the, the ecumenical, I don't want to give too much away, but like if you watch the movie, trust me, there's a plenty that I'm not giving away that's still worth watching. But at one point, this ecumenical liberation army, who's like this kind of communist um, thing, they kidnap people, they rob banks, all that kind of shit. Modeled pretty obviously after um, Patty Hearst. Exactly. I think they maybe reference Patty Hearst or someone who is supposed to be a comp for Patty Hearst. And at one point, you know, they, they convinced the leader of this show to basically host a television show, which again, not all that far fetched. Right. And, um, and in the end, the, one of the last times you see them, they're in this little cabin out in the woods, which is like the safe house for this, this communist group. They're in this cabin with people with machine guns standing around arguing about back-end points on distribution deals for the show that they've all done. And there's, like, lawyers sitting around with contracts and these guys with, like, machine guns, and they're arguing about dollars relating to monetizing their message. And it's just like, that. how is that not exactly what's happening right now? Like, all anyone wants is money from Wall Street. That's all they fucking want. You know, mm. like every, everybody, th this whole sort of work for yourself, I'm turning into the mad prophet, but fuck it. I don't care. All this whole, like, and, and you know what? I'm guilty of this. I'm not, I'm not just purely pointing fingers. I'm pointing fingers at us as a, as a culture and as a, a group of young people who need to fight for more. This whole fucking like influencer driven economy, this like blogger thing, this news that's not news and everyone having a fucking startup just to sell some crap that they bought from China. I'm not saying the economy's bad. I'm not saying all of that is bad, but you know what's bad? All of us want, we are all like sucking on the teat of Wall Street. We act like we're indie. We act like we're punk rock. But you know what? At the end of the day, when we want to scale our companies, you know where we get our money? VC companies. And you know where VC companies get their money? Wall Street. And you know what Wall Street cares about? Money. They don't give a fuck about anything else. So we're all just selling out. It's bonkers. What do you think is the solution? Like name, I don't I don't know. I mean we gotta start actually We're not a solution, we, but we gotta, what what do you think it should look like? I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly. I think I know I'm saying we got to stop just, you know, fear mongering. And um, so I, I will I will put myself out there with some sort of idea in a sec. I think what I want to say first, though, is I'm not saying that having jobs is bad. I'm saying don't pretend like you are more independent than you actually are, because that's how they get you. They they that's the the prison that you're I don't know who said this. Someone did. It certainly wasn't me. But the most effective prison is the one that you don't mind being in. Because then you're not trying to escape. That was O.J. Simpson who said that. Oh. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Somebody posted today. O.J. Simpson's on Twitter now. What a nightmare. I mean, seriously, like, we're fucking talking about O.J. Simpson on Twitter. Yeah. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but, like, that's the top news. Get out of here. It is what it is, man. He's, a, he, he's not a good person. Whether or not he did the murder, he's not a good person. He beat the shit out of his wife constantly. Hey, that's hearsay. I'm not trying to get sued by OJ. I mean, I think that's pretty much guaranteed true, whether or not he killed her. Um, Let me ask you a question. If you could go yeah. back in time four years for one day and buy Bitcoin mm -hmm. at like mm -hmm. 200 bucks a pop, and now it's right. 9,000 bucks a pop, right? would you do it? How much Bitcoin? As much, I don't know. You bring ten grand back with you. You know, you'd be set. Yeah, you would of do it. If I knew, if I knew, yeah. I mean, I've bought Bitcoin. Right. 
So you know? is the problem is the problem with that scenario, right? Like you would you would go back in time and enrich yourself. No, the problem is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the problem is not having money. You know, I think I don't think there's anything wrong with having money or wealth or or power. I think the problem is when we become addicted to it. And it is very difficult not to become addicted to it. But I think what I'm saying is vice, let's take vice for example, gives off this we don't give a fuck vibe, right? You know what they give a fuck about though? Their multi-billion dollar valuation which is driven by Wall Street. Well, money. somebody that's what they give but a you're fuck including, about. Including, I gotta pause you on that because you're including the guy who goes to interview the warlord deep in sub-Saharan Africa. You're he's equal to the guy on the board who's saying we need to make better profits. And I, I don't know if that's true, you know. Yeah, but dude, why do you think he's going? I'm not saying every single one of them, but most of the people, I just, I know people who make content for these types of things. And some of them are telling real stories that matter. But I just know a lot of them. When he says you are chaos, you know what I mean? I just know people like you are madness, Diana. I know, I, I see people who to me exude chaos and madness. And that scares me because we're dealing with real people. You know, I know people and, and I tell, I'm, I'm not just shit. Like I, I was just texting with somebody yesterday about, for instance, a, 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 a series of romantic relationships mm-hmm. that they had. And uh, I didn't in this particular instance say it, but I, but I have said this to them in other situations, their life is chaos, plain and simple. <laughs> and they're not happy. It doesn't work. It's unsustainable. Their life is chaos and it causes harm, you know? And But you're married, I'm married, and I you think, know how chaotic of a situation that can potentially be, right? Right. Oh no, no, no. There, there is there is controlled chaos and there is chaos that is seeking order and moving towards something and then there's well nothing matters anyway so fuck it chaos and that is what i can't Mm. get behind because that devolves that's what like dude oh my god so i was listening to speaking of npr i was (laughs) i was listening to npr this Mm. morning and internet trolls john that's what i'm talking about that is chaos john there is no order to internet trolling there is no direction to internet trolling it is a destructive force that exists to make pain in people's lives that is what internet trolls <laughs> but do. it's also hilarious. someone tell me it can also be hilarious yeah well there's okay there is hilarious trolling but there you know what i'm talking about though john you know sure that most of it is not hilarious most of it is racist bigoted insanity like, dude, I just saw another headline. A girl is being put in prison because she murdered someone because suppo- this is obviously all she's a suspect. Right. I'm not going to even say her name. I don't think we should be highlighting these people that much because this is what they're doing. They're attention seeking. So why the fuck are we giving them attention constantly? But anyway, this girl, unnamed murdered someone supposedly because someone on the internet offered her $9 million to take videos of her murdering someone. (laughs) How is that anything but complete and utter chaos? And how is that not exactly the same shit that network is talking about? It's literally the same thing. I think people are dumb. I think people have always been dumb. And I don't mean all people. I think some people. But John, if we're hearing, if I don't even read that much news and that's one of the first things I see in the morning. Yeah. In under five minutes of perusing the news, how often is that happening? Not, never, almost never. There's, it's never happening. There's seven billion people. There's seven billion people on Earth. Somebody's going to eat their kid. Somebody's going to stick a kid in the microwave. I'm just saying that level of insanity. I think it's always been the case. I mean, I think we were talking about this recently, like fairy tales. I think about fairy tales. Fairy tales were probably started to be started to be told because crazy shit right, was going for on. Sure. You think about the kind of crazy shit that goes on now, and then you think about the fact 
that they didn't have organized police forces and detectives and people could just live out in the woods with total autonomy. Yeah, you better believe old ladies were putting kids in ovens. That definitely happened. But but my point is it's still happening and it's just that you know about it and you know every detail about it because somebody can fly to where that chick is, interview her, interview her friend group. They have thousands of pages of information about this girl on her Facebook page. You can find her pictures, every it's just access to information that did not was not possible. You know, we can hear about I exist, but is it a good thing no, that no. we have access? No, okay, that's that's not. what I'm trying to get to is that that's what he's talking about sure. in this quote is he's saying war, murder, death, they're all the same as bottles of beer. The daily business of life is a corrupt comedy. That's what I'm talking about. For her, yeah. That's uh, the mindset. I agree. You know, this goes back to why make stuff at all. I mentioned the 9-11 stuff, but I am conspiracy-minded in the sense of what network is. Like, there's a conversation that he has with a, with a guy on the board or the, whoever owns the company. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a Ugh. famous speech between the two of them. Ugh. And the, guy, the, the business guy is screaming at this Beale character and saying, like, I don't give a shit what you're doing. It, all that matters is money. There is a cynical part of me that thinks that's the case, but what does he say? Oh, I found it. He says, you have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale. That's what he said. <laughs> right, right. And it turns out that those forces, it's just money. At least yeah, for that guy. There is, he says, oh dude, this is so good. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. Right. There is, there are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic systems, one vast, immane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars, petrodollars, electrodollars, multi-dollars, Reichmarks, ruples, rin, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency that de determines the totality of life on this planet. Bingo. And he's kind of right. People today act like they act like they're indie. They act like punk rock is still living and breathing in the mainstream. That's bullshit. But there are, I mean, I, I hear you. I don't disagree. But I there is such a wide variance, man. I mean, there are kids who have seen Network, who know all this stuff, and are existing in a countercultural way. And in fact, I think, I think that's true. A lot of when you said trolls earlier, I wasn't thinking about people who are like anti-Semitic or whatever, you know, the crazy shit. Or we, offering people nine million dollars to sure, kill someone sure, yeah. with this, videos, even though there's no nine million dollars. They're just fucking with somebody who's actually going to do it. This okay, is ahead. that's Sorry. the extreme version of this. But then it goes down to the kids who are woke in a different way, not in the social justice yeah. way, but in the this is all a scam or this is all mm -hmm. about money and they're out there trolling people. And mm -hmm. it's, it is almost like a, it's a new form of insurgency in a way, mm -hmm. you know, and people are putting up videos that are getting taken down. And I'm not talking about like rude shit or anti-gay yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about, I think you're right that about that. The system is rigged and all this kind of stuff. And dude, that's going back to the YouTube thing. That's what's frightening about that is YouTube has become like tv now it's like censored mm -hmm. they're censoring what goes on and what doesn't go on there they're kicking people off and like in some cases a hundred percent except it's not even not that the fcc is is some golden example but it's not even that nope. it's not it's not people elected by the people it's fucking shareholders right. who have had money for hundreds of years and they are the ones getting to decide what goes up and what stays down exactly which is kind of always how it's been but at least there is the veil of democracy involved we thought the promise of the internet was no censorship it's the wild fucking west yep. and now yeah, totally as every year goes by it becomes the opposite it becomes more like broadcast television and pretty soon pretty soon you will not be able to find even if you search explicitly for it like alternative theories about 9-11 or theories right. about banking and fractional reserve banking and how crazy that system is that's going to be wiped off and that's frightening man and like sure you can still go find it because the internet is the wild west but who will find it you know a lot of people i don't see them as complicit or evil i think people are ignorant and if all you're told from yeah. day one is this is how you should live you're going to live that way mm -hmm. you know you hear i've heard mormons 
and you know, I'm in a Christian tradition, but Mormonism is like kind of wacky to us. But I've heard people talk about the Church of Mormon, particularly surrounding the homosexual issue. So somebody will come out as gay, they'll leave the church because they don't tolerate that whatsoever. They'll leave the church and years and years later, even after saying like, I know this is all bullshit, I know they rejected me, they still will go back to that church and try to conform and fit in there because it's all mm-hmm. they've ever known. They've been essentially programmed. Yeah. It's not different for Catholics, Christians, Jews, or anybody else. Right. Totally. And in America, and, and here's the thing, in though, most well, of the Western right. world, you're told constantly to consume, to get a house, to have a couple kids right. or not, and get these like crushing jobs. You're told all of this stuff, and it is not a mystery why people do that. No, it isn't. And look, here's the deal, dude. I want to be very, very clear. I'm not denouncing the concept of culture. Yeah. I think it's fine. Well, you're I think a cult. This is what I'm getting at. It's, you're a culture creator, dude. So it's not. Exa- yeah. The kids that are listening to hip hop and thinking like walking around with racks and guns and stuff is cool. They were taught that by somebody. They didn't think that right, up. Right, 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 right. And you're doing and the same thing. I you're think, making a movie. What message right. are you spreading? Or what will that's, you spread think, as a creator? Exactly. And that's what I think I want to bring all this back to is that we have, we, I think we, I'm saying we, we, we are a generation of consumption. Mm-hmm. We consume products and we consume information. And most of the information and culture that we quote unquote create is regurgitation of what we have been fed. Right. Now, to some extent, that's impossible to avoid. I agree with you, dude. I, I just, my reaction is don't blame the like middle class guy or the working class guy who's wearing a wig in the 1700s. He's only wearing that wig because every rich guy, everybody in power is yeah. doing that. And no, totally. Well, I was in I, one you sense, know, really you're quick, that I rich, was, powerful guy, dude, now because you're making. Oh, I absolutely am. Yeah. I am. I am Blame incredibly yourself. rich and white and powerful. I, I'm trying <laughs> I'm to, I'm trying it. to say that all of us are complicit. No, no, no. Put it in there. All of us are, are complicit I'm in this. putting that in your bio. I love it. I'm rich. I'm white. I'm powerful. I love it. I love it. It's very true. I'm just observing. And the reality is here's what I'm trying to say. That's always going to be the case. That divide will always be there. It's a matter of what you do with it. And right. what I'm saying is I'm not doing this perfectly. I don't think anyone's doing it perfectly, but maybe just maybe we should stop doing what everyone else tells us to do. Yeah. And we should start start doing what we think needs to be done. And I do think I actually have a lot of hope. I think that the youngest of the of the sort of conscious generation, like the pubescent and up, mm-hmm. you know, people people who are awoke awoken, have awoken to life. I don't even mean like, like you said, not in a social justice way, but like 10 year olds are not thinking about like they have complex ideas and thoughts, but I'm talking about like the high schoolers, like the people who have come of age or are coming of age and are starting to question and reject things based on their own thoughts. I think question most things. Except what we say on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Take this for gospel truth. Question everything, but do it in chunks, you know? Like the scientific right. method, the scientific method doesn't work if you throw out gravity and everything else all at the same time. There is a certain amount of trust required to make any progress in any field. Right. You cannot start from scratch. And I think that's what arrogant idiots like me want to do. I'm not even just saying that I want to throw all of it out and start over with my own fucked up intellect, which is the same exact genetically created sort of brain that the people in the 1700s who basically invented capitalism had, and they were right about some stuff and wrong about other stuff. What are the chances that I'm going to just magically fix it all as a 29-year-old bozo, zero. The chances are zero. Yeah, but So I think what I'm trying to say is I could improve on it incrementally. We have to stop thinking about ourselves as these little gods Mm. 
that's what we have to stop doing. We have to stop thinking of ourselves as these little gods, and we have to start humbly accepting the fact that we are part of a much larger narrative that is about 13 billion years long. Or 6,000. Depending on how you look at it, either way, it's a lot more than 29. True. And I'm saying like we have to stop seeing ourselves in this ridiculous, into, uh, sorry, individualistic way that's like my truth, my experience is the only thing that matters. Because you know what that leads to? It leads to a completely unsustainable system, and there will be a revolt. That's how it always goes. And, and you know what people were saying back in like France in the 1800s? I'm rich, and you're not. And God made it that way. So fuck you. Mm. And then there was the French Revolution. And it's just like, ah, that doesn't work. People coming of age are starting to become more skeptical of that. And what I want to say to them, what I want to say through my art is not question everything, but question everything in time. You know, choose what you can hold on to and then question everything else while you're holding on to something. Otherwise, you're just going to end up floating in adrift in the in the universe, and that's that to me is the most dangerous thing because all of a sudden everything means nothing, and all of a sudden you might get snatched up by another one of these groups, right. organized or not, that wants to use you as a soldier in their troll army, whether that's Wall Street or the or the internet counterculture. My point is all of it should be viewed very skeptically. And at the end of the day, what you probably should hold on to is the stuff that is real. Okay, so Howard Beale, like he, you know, he he comes on this show and he it's uh it's, the acting is brilliant because he, he just looks un completely unhinged. He comes out and he's shouting at the audience and he's like, You're beginning to think the tube is reality and your own lives are unreal. You do what the tube tells you. You dress like the tube, you eat like the tube, the irony of him calling it the tube, like YouTube, is beyond incredible. You dress like the tube, you eat like the tube, you raise your children like the tube, you think like the tube. This is madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. You people are the real thing. We're the illusions. So turn off this goddamn set. Turn it off right now. Turn it off and leave it off. Turn it off right now, right in the middle of this sentence I'm speaking. And then he passes out. <laughs> it's so good. I hope people turn this fucking podcast off. Let's do a Howard Beale moment. I think everyone right now while listening to this podcast, if you're in your car, roll down the damn window uh -oh. and shout out the window. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. We got to start creating a better future. You know, we can't like I feel like this is why I'm so disappointed with politics right now. I don't want any of the shit anyone's talking about. I want mm. the ideals they're talking about. Right. I want equality. I want everyone to be able to go to school, but none of that's realistic. So, you know, we got to fucking deal with the world that we created and we got to make that world better because we can't start from scratch. We spend like a trillion dollars a year on defense, quote unquote defense, you know, we because dude, we want to destroy things, John. We don't want to build things. We want to fucking destroy things because it's easier. No, I, I don't. I'm pessimistic, man. I mean, back in the day, I, I always go back to conspiracy stuff. But back in the day, I remember I've talked about this book before, but there was a book that my brother got somewhere and I read is called Behold a Pale Horse. Right. And it was this like mm. super right wing. I mean, today, there's no way this thing would exist, but it's um. Mm. It was warning people at the time. It was like written in the 80s probably. And it was warning people about how the government was going to take – just put you in, in camps. Like the U.S. government mm. had a plan that when the shit hit the fan, they would just lock people in internment camps like they did Japanese mm -hmm. and out in the West during World War II. And um, I remember reading this and being like, oh, shit. So his advice to everybody was like, arm yourself and defend yourself. Your oh, okay, right. Which is like, okay, this is a field too far. But, well, well, in part because, let's be honest, if the American military wants to fuck you up, the American military is going to fuck right. you up. Well, that's where the Your AK-47 or your M-16 is not going to help you. That's where the— uh, well. Oh, sorry, you were going. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course it's nuts. And in fact, the guy who wrote the book, Bill Cooper, ended up getting killed by the government. I mean, the FBI shot him at his oh, house geez. for tax stuff. But 
yeah, it was it was bleak, man, because even back then I was like, what? What are we going to get a pistol or you're going to fight a tank? There used to be a time where Americans were afraid of their phones getting tapped, you know, and that was part of this mm. book. It was like the government is tapping your phone, everybody's phone. And that mm -hmm. seemed crazy at the time. And if people knew that back in the 80s, 90s, for a fact, which it was a fact, people would have gone crazy. And now with Facebook, your, the cell phones we all carry around, we, are, we have tracking devices that have every scrap of our lives in them. You could get mm -hmm. such a clear picture of anybody's life if you had their phone for a few hours. And we're transmitting constantly all of this information about ourselves, pictures of ourselves. Like we are absolutely in a brave new world. I'm part of it. I'm not a, I'm not off the grid or any shit like that. Obviously, I have a freaking podcast, but it is a little nerve wracking, right. not because I think the government's going to come kill us all, but because we assume that all time will be like right now. And historically, totally. that's not the case. I don't think you have to be a conspiracy theorist or a nihilist or even just purely a pessimistic, kind of have a pessimistic outlook to believe at your core that things could get mm -hmm. worse or they could get better. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to be an optimist or a pessimist. You just have to be intelligent and open. Because when you look at the history of the world, good leaders have led people out of shitty situations, and bad leaders have led people into shitty situations. That's the history of the but world. But the truth, period. the truth of what that guy says in network that you read about, there is no German, there is no Jew, there is no America. It's all money, right? Let's assume yep. for a second that that guy's right, and there are people that believe this. There are people that believe that the world wars were really, they call them banker wars. Have you ever heard this idea? Mm -hmm. there, there's a famous story of the Rothschilds funding both sides in, the Brit, in a British and French war. They were funding mm. the French and the British. And the guy, one of the Rothschilds made an absolute killing because he found out before anybody else who had won a particular battle and it was a pivotal battle and he ran back to London and very sneakily he bought, I think the, the French won and the English lost. So he bought a bunch of French bonds, which indicated to everybody that the French had won when in fact they lost. And so as soon as everybody started piling on and buying the same bonds as him, he sold everything, bought the other side and made some like colossal Jeez. family fortune, which still exists today. Anyway, they say the theory... What, what does he say? The, the, the war and famine are nothing more than bottles of beer. Right. I mean, can I just say really quick, fuck that guy. <laughs> Period. Well, that guy sucks. Well, if you know, I mean, it's kind of the Bitcoin thing. Like if you know secret information, you can you can make a fortune. Right. And it would be really tempting. It's like right, I didn't could, start this war. You know, I had nothing to do with this. I know, but. But but if you have secret information, you could also try to use it to make the world a better place. Right. I mean that that's one version of that. But how you you know the easiest way is to, to make money, and then I guess give some of the money away with the Rothschilds, other other rich people who have gotten their fortunes in shady ways do give a ton of that money away in the most inefficient way possible. How about instead of becoming a gajillionaire, you just pay people better. And then you don't have to give money away because those people put that money into their communities and then their communities don't need philanthropy. But why be the richest dude in the world and give away all of, all of that money through inefficient foundations and all that kind of stuff and spread it out really? Now, don't get me wrong. There are billionaires doing really cool things because there are some problems that are like 25-year-long issues. Amazon started as a... He started as a bookseller, right? And the thing started to blow up and they improved a lot of people's lives in this in the consumer sense. And it's not if you and I started a company tomorrow, right? That sold tampons, like a dollar shave for tampons, right? It's a great idea, probably already exists. And you and I became billionaires. We're looking at this and like, we just had a good idea and we started a company. We had no clue that we would be billionaires now. And what would you and I do? We would pay our employees well. 
which there's tons of people making decent salaries or good salaries, you know, from the beginning of Amazon. Eventually it gets bigger. You bring managers in like it's this unwieldy thing. There are thousands of people. But dude, I'm not talking I'm not talking about any of those people though, dude. I'm talking about the people that are constantly in the headlines because they are not making enough money. They're making minimum wage and their quality of life right. sucks because they are working overworked and dude that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about that level i'm talking about the worker i'm getting real socialist Uh-oh. here you know what i mean but i'm talking about workers need to own the means of Uh-oh. production that's what look i'm talking out. about i'm not saying i know john look i'm not saying that america has any fucking shred of a hope of turning into a successful socialist government what i and and that does kind of assume is that the guy who is packing delivery boxes at amazon should have almost as much say as bezos or some genius who went to business school and is running the place like no that guy (sighs) is worth 15 bucks an hour for a reason no offense to that guy and if he's not he'll make more but what i'm saying but 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 okay where i would probably differ from like the typical sort of uh, revolutionary socialist version of this. And and I'm making all this shit up as I go. I, I haven't like, I mean, whatever. I don't see a system that works right. all that well for everyone. And I tend to think that probably it never will, but I'm just pitching a vision of the future, which probably will not exist, but I'm going to work in my own little bubble. Mm. That's what I'm really coming back to. I'm going to work in my own little bubble to make sure that this is this is where at least where I go. Right. Because here's the thing, John. You know how you you know how Dollar Shave for pam- tampons becomes a multi-billion dollar company? Wall Street. Yeah. Potentially. And you know yeah. what Wall Street wants? You know what Wall Street wants? Money. And they want the money. And so my point with Amazon is, yeah, sure, Jeff Bezos can give away billions and billions of dollars. But wouldn't it be so much easier to pay every single person at Amazon 26 bucks an hour instead of 15 and just leave a little bit more of the money inside the company. (laughs) I was taught, for instance, that frugality, self-sufficiency and and frugality, which is theoretically the path to self-sufficiency, is the goal. And what I'm saying is maybe that is the beginning of our ridiculously unsustainable obsession with individualism because all of a sudden we all want a yard. We all want six extra bedrooms. We all want our own retirement fund that no one else can touch so that we can leave it for our kids who, if we live to a nice ripe old age, won't even need it because they're retirement age themselves and they also saved instead of like nickel and diming every single person I ever come in contact with. Maybe I should just get in the habit of like letting go of money and not sweating it all the time. There is something behind that. Maybe if I build relationships with people in my community, then maybe you don't need everything you could possibly ever need to be self-sufficient stockpiled in a barn (laughs) or in a bank account. Because all of a sudden, if something happens, you rely on the community around you to help you. That requires trust. It's scary. But you know what? That, to me, is the path forward. The, you know, there was this big fad of like microloans mm-hmm. you know, to help people out of right. poverty. And what they figured out, um, look up the Chalmers Center. They do really cool stuff. But with one of the things that they figured out was that there are, there's a whole subset of poor people People in poverty, mm-hmm. I should say, because poor people makes them that's their identity. It's more like there are people who happen to be living in poverty and that these po- people that li- live in poverty, some of them aren't ready for a right. loan. They're so poor that they don't. But you know what they figured out is these savings groups. And so they set up these savings groups where these usually it's a lot of women, but it, I don't think it's exclusively women. But these people come together and dude, they're bringing like. 10 cents, John, their savings, like a dollar and they pool it and they decide how to use it as a group. And when someone gets sick, they have to decide, do we use this money that we saved to help this person? And sometimes the answer is no, 
because that person should have been better prepared. But they know all of those things because they live in community together. And does it work perfectly? Of course it doesn't. But my point is it does seem to work when people are bringing virtually nothing to the table. You used to live near me, right? And we had, you know, I don't know, five, at least five people that if you had to move, you could call five bros instantly that you know would show up. And dude, I'll tell you, this is for most people on earth, not the case. People don't have that many close friends or they have zero people that they can rely on. You know, this all sounds nice. If I had some fucking friends to that point, I'd say, I don't know, man, find a hobby and go meet people. Everybody's looking for friends. That's what I'm saying. Everybody wants friends. Like, dude, if you (sighs) go to anything, join, like you said, join a rec sports league, go to a church that maybe you don't believe anything they say about God, but you like the people there. Is that really the worst thing in the world? Don't even give them your money if you don't need to. Just help. Or like go hang out with old people at nursing homes. Or go, I don't know. You're right. Like find a hobby. Mm. Get out of your head. I have been in my head a lot for the last year. Get out of your head and start doing some shit. Put yourself into something. Save the environment. Real change never actually starts or is truly executed at the national level. I think that things change because individual communities growing up through cities and regions and states make people, actual people, decide that things are going to be different. And so I think a lot of the outrage is like, we can't lock people up at the border. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but how many immigrants do you know? I actually got to go soon. Speaking of white privilege, I'm going to therapy. Tell us about the movie in 10 minutes or less. Oh, I can't even do Maybe we just need to do, because I got to like literally walk out the door right now. Do you want to record for like another 20 minutes later? Yeah, for sure. We can. At times in the past, we have failed. And there are dark aspects of the Catholic Church's history. Magdalene laundries, mother and baby homes, industrial schools, illegal adoptions and clerical child abuse are stains on our state, our society, and also the church. People kept in dark corners behind closed doors. Cries for help that went unheard. And these wounds are still open, and there is much to be done to bring about justice and truth and healing for the victims and survivors. Catholic bishops across the U.S. begin a week-long meeting today to discuss women questions about the clergy sex abuse crisis. They're meeting at a seminary north of Chicago at the request of the Pope. CBS News has also learned of several cases in which nuns have faced accusations of sexual misconduct. At a convent in New Jersey, a priest sexually abused her starting at age five, saying Shaw plied her with drugs and alcohol while teaching her how to have sex with a woman. Hundreds of pedophile priests in Pennsylvania. Cries for help that went unheard. 